So let's talk about Cloud9's major run. This obviously was a very large disappointment um, to go one and three, not make playoffs, which means that we're not guaranteed anything in the next major, because I believe if you make top eight, that means that you're guaranteed to be put in at least the worst stage in the major next year. So I don't think we're guaranteed anything. So now I'll have to go through the RMR for the next one. But the loss to Imperial, obviously that's brutal. We should have won the first map. We had a number of rounds where we were at game point. Just couldn't close it out. Then obviously Vertigo went fine. I actually think Vertigo could have gone even better. There was still a few rounds that felt like we threw. And then Mirage just couldn't get anything going. Um, so it's all just a bummer. Uh, this team is much better than they showed. They need to work on using their utility a little bit. Their trading seemed way off. I feel like in all the demos I watched, they were just constantly trading. And I felt like there was so many times where a player would just get picked and there would be nothing behind it. Felt like that happened all the time. So I'm curious kind of what the problem was with that. Um, Maui Snake had a tweet that said something like, when you have a mechanics-based style and it drops 15%, this is what happens. So maybe that, that is what happened. Maybe that the way the team plays, they're just so reliant on their mechanics and they that's how they were number one for a while. And then when it goes to land or they're distracted or they're not warmed up correctly or whatever, and it does drop that 10 to 15%, that that is the difference between being the number one team in the world and beating a team like Imperial or NIP. Now, there was a lot of stuff that's happened to this Cloud9 team in the last two weeks. I'm not using any of this as an excuse, but if they came out and said, or if someone told me that like behind the scenes that this was causing a lot of issues, I could see that happening. First, they signed with Cloud9, tons of hype. Then it was like the day after the stickers were released. So they released the stickers and it's like 12 hours of just amazing hype of everyone loving the stickers all that kind of stuff then there's like the whole z issue which let's be honest that was a complete non-issue but created just such a rampant storm and allegations and who knows like the dms the players are getting or messages or just an insane whirlwind of activity that never should have happened and is just a joke. So I can imagine that create a lot of stress. I mean, you already have these players who are from an area that is creating war. They're from Russia. Obviously everyone's against the war or, you know, the majority of everyone. And so that's got to be hard to just be Russian and against that. That's got to be like just difficult to navigate because they have to make sure that they stay safe and their families stay safe and all that kind of stuff. It's just a very weird world for them to probably navigate, something I could never understand. But they have that and then they have all these allegations that they're now siding with them just because a designer put a little mark on their signature that they had nothing to do with it was just done by a designer it was in valve's source book i mean just the whole thing was insane but it still could have just created a lot of 
negative momentum or just a lot of like mental hardship and just taking up space when they need to just be focusing on other things. So I could see that being very difficult and you can say like, oh, just shove it to the side, play CS. But if that was me, that would be something that I would be thinking about all the time. Um, That would be very hard for me to just put out of my head. So they have that. Then they come in. They win their first match. They lose a tough one to NIP. And then all of the... Oh, wait, no. They Then they have the whole nuke debacle, which is a whole nother storm, which I got into on my last podcast talking about how either way, if it was an accident in the veto or if they were planning on doing that, either way, it's just bad form and it's not something they should do. Um, so they just got owned on phase. I think their aim looked fantastic that day, which was a bummer because I thought that they were fragging well. They just got completely, they just didn't know how to play nuke. So I think if you take that fragging and put it on a map they're good at, I think we could have won that game. We should have beaten NIP. The road would have been easier. I think that there is a world where we could have gone three and zero or three and one. And then we get into the Imperial overpass. It just was so brutal. We had so many chances to close it out. Just couldn't do it. Like I said, Vertigo went well. And then Mirage T side, just so uninspired. They pick us off constantly. Fallen was obviously hitting a lot of shots, but it's not like we were doing a lot to make him have to hit insane shots. He wasn't ever blind. He wasn't smoked off. He wasn't mollied off. He was just going wherever he wanted, hitting his shots. So we definitely didn't make it hard for them. I think our executes were poor. I think we were taking way too long. We weren't getting enough map control for taking that long. And they just completely outplayed and outsmarted us on the T side. And then the match was over by the time we got to the CT side. So obviously a huge bummer to be out of the major. Oh, and then right before the Imperial match, there's all the match fixing stuff on Hobbit. So let's talk about that for a second. Um, If I read the article correctly, it sounds like an ex-player is talking about how the team used to throw matches. They would do it for money. They ended someone ended up like whistleblowing or bring it up to like a bookmaker or something like that in the past. And they hated that person, but then they were kept trying to do it. And the person who whistleblew apparently did not. I don't know. I don't know about that, but I didn't see anything in the article that was Hobbit's voice or, anything like that. So it all could be circumstantial, but it also could be true. Now, if they're able to prove that it is true, I do think that he deserves punishment. I think if you match fix, even though it was years ago, even though it was whatever, if they're able to prove it, you have to punish it. You can't just let it go because then how would you punish anyone for it? So I do think he would deserve some sort of ban or suspension or something like that if they're able to prove that he did it. Um, they could end up in this gray area where they might not have any exact information. And it could be kind of like what happened with Skadoodle, where the four other players get banned because they have all of this record of stuff and Skadoodle apparently never got anything. So they didn't have any record of it happening. So he wasn't fully banned. So it's hard to know what's going to happen. Hobbit said that he never did it and he's going to let the investigation commence and uh, uh, 
what's it called? Comply with it however they want. But I mean, that's kind of what everyone says. That's kind of what you're supposed to say. So is he saying that either way? Like, we don't really know. We're gonna have to wait and see what happens with that. But if he did do it, he does deserve to be punished. If he didn't, then that sucks that this had to happen like this and that the timing was awful and probably on purpose. I don't think there's any way that this would get released in the middle of the major. Like it had to be, it had to be on purpose. So like when the biggest spotlight is on them, just get signed by C9 in the major. Now it comes out just seems like interesting timing, but timing aside, if it's true, then it needs to be acted upon. If it's not true, then that sucks. But going into the final match, that is another thing that you have to wonder how much is that weighing on Hobbit? Is that affecting decision-making? Is that weighing on his team? They're all now not knowing what to do. So it's just kind of... It's been quite a whirlwind since Cloud9 signed this team like two weeks ago. So it's been very interesting. A lot of ups, a lot of downs... I got to imagine this is very difficult for Cloud9 to navigate, having just signed the team and all that stuff. With all this now happening, they originally had to deal with people being upset that we're giving a Russian company money. So there's just kind of a lot of a lot of interesting dynamics that they have to navigate um, very gracefully and make sure that they take their time and get everything right because it's all very important and they just got to make sure that it's it's okay. Um, so with that said, it is a bummer. There's the rest of the major to come up. It's going to be tough to watch without Clyde 9 there. I kind of wish we would at least made playoffs. But it was also just tough because all those matches could have been ours easily. It feels just like the old Colossus where I'm like making video after video of like, a best of three, two, one, 14, 16 loss feels just like that where you just go back and you look and there's just so many little things in the rounds where it's like, oh, if we didn't throw that round, we win the map. Oh, if we didn't just do this, then we could have won that round. Just so many small things that just added up to, to losing it. It just kind of felt a lot <laughs> like the like when we were following the Colossus, which I... Didn't expect as much. Now, this roster does have the reputation of being onliners. And if you're looking at kind of what Maui Snake has said about them doing a lot of jiggle peeking and not a lot of utility, maybe that could be true, that that could work online better. Maybe their mechanics are better because they're at their home desk versus at land. So maybe just really the difference is that small percentage of not being at your home desk um, for their mechanics. But this might be a wake-up call for them and might have them use more utility and like better executes and just kind of be better from here on out. Hopefully, things get resolved quickly with Hobbit and all the other stuff and they can just move on from here and just focus on playing CS. I'm sure they're taking some sort of like small break or something. I'm sure they need some sort of like mental reset here. They play in two weeks at IEM Dallas. So they do have another tournament coming up, but I'm sure that this is a huge sting. 
probably a lot of ramp up for this, a lot of hype. I know Cloud9 was hyped. I mean, if you just look at the new C9 CSGO Twitter, look at like how much content they're pumping out. They're having clips out within 10 seconds of it happening. They're having all these different layouts. They have a photo shoot already with the team that they're pumping out photos for. So it's clear that they're invested in this team and you can see it based on the amount of social media activity that they're doing. So I don't think like Cloud9's dropping this team or they're not doing anything like that. Like nothing weird is going to happen even with all the drama. But it is interesting that it's just like so, it's so Cloud9 CSGO to buy this team and within a week it just be like completely riddled with drama that is not Cloud9's fault at all. Uh, it's just like, uh, the number of times like that's happened to our teams. But let's enjoy the rest of the major. The nice thing about not having Cloud9 the rest of the major is we can just be sad. You know, we can just like be eternally sad. Just like continue being CSGO depressed. No, no. But let's watch. Let's have fun. Um, IEM Dallas coming up. It'll be interesting to see if in Dallas we've made any changes or kind of just like what the feel of the team is there. Since it is in America, I'm wondering if Cloud9 is going to have more content on them. Maybe, you know, get some filmers over there or behind the scenes stuff. I don't know what they have planned or anything, but it would be cool to get um, some true content in. I'm assuming they're going to have to have everything translated just like their unboxing video which may take extra time. I'm not really sure. But I am excited for that tournament. It has all the top teams, just like the major does. So it'll be another great test and we can kind of see where the team's at and see what kind of adjustments they make or just if they're in a better headspace. Again, I'm not, I am not making any excuses for the team. The major was obviously a complete disaster. But hopefully some of the drama will die down and we won't end up with any new drama. And we can kind of just move on from here and they can just focus on playing CS and they can grow. They're still a very young team and I think that there's a lot of potential in them. We see how much raw firepower they have. If they can add in some more execute stuff or just be better at trading. I don't know. It just just felt off. Like I said in the very first podcast day one, I thought that their very first match, they looked very frantic. And so it just felt different. Now, maybe that's land jitters that everyone says that they have all the time. Maybe that's it. Or maybe it's all this other stuff that was going on. Or I don't know. So let's just see where the team goes at. Luckily, we don't have like an, a two-month stretch right now where everyone's off. It's we're right back into it right after the major's done. So let's wait for that. I was going to make like some highlight videos or some other stuff, but it kind of just feels like a bummer now. So I'm not 100% sure what my content's going to look like, if I'm going to have more stuff before Dallas, because I was really hoping with this team to not have to keep making what went wrong videos like I always have to for the past teams. And to make a highlight video when your team went 1-3 and three and kind of bombed out of a tournament doesn't really seem very interesting. So we'll see what the content's going to look like. Maybe I'll check out a couple rounds and just post like some cool stuff that they did. But... Either way, I'll be back with the podcast talking about the team. Maybe do a preview of Dallas or come back after Dallas. Thanks for watching. Follow me on Twitter at Cloud9 underscore win. Always talking about stuff there.
So thanks for listening. I'll see you next time.